Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the 46 of 46 podcast, October Sessions, where we'll talk all things spooky Adirondacks and more. From Bigfoot encounters on the NPT to ghostly sightings in the trees, we'll dive deep into the heart of these mountains and the people who dare to climb them. From Adirondack Bigfoots to haunted lakeside bark huts, it's all here on the 46 of 46 October Sessions. Welcome back to the October Sessions here on the 46 of 46 podcast. I hope you all enjoyed last week's third annual Bigfoot in the Blue Line episode with my guest Dave who went through his own face-to-face encounter with a Sasquatch right here in the Adirondacks out in the Long Lake, Tupper Lake region. It is a fascinating story and if you haven't given it a listen yet, you will not want to miss it. Uh, Don't you just love October leaves, cool temperatures, and Bigfoot episodes on the 46 of 46 podcast. Speaking of which, I have yet another Adirondack-specific Bigfoot episode for you again this week. This week, I'll be speaking with Adam Hyde and Jake Hitchcock of Blue Line Bigfoot. Adam and Jake are both Adirondack natives who have a YouTube channel where they investigate Bigfoot encounters themselves after experiencing their own nights of weirdness in the Adirondack wilderness, which led them on their search for answers. Is Bigfoot real? If not, what did they hear that night? Who threw those rocks at them? Their search for answers continues, and they're going to be right here to talk all about it on the podcast. So they're both with me tonight to talk Bigfoot inside the blue line of the Adirondack Park. Adam and Jake, welcome to the October Sessions here on the 46 of 46 podcast, and thanks for coming on the show. Well, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having us. Hey, thanks for having us on, James. Absolutely. I look forward to doing these ADK Bigfoot episodes all year, so I'm pretty excited to just talk shop with you guys on this subject in particular today. But before we get into it, let's get a little background on both of you guys. So you're from the Adirondacks, so where in the park did you guys grow up? And then eventually, what led you to the subject of Bigfoot? And uh, we'll start with you, Adam. Okay, great. Yeah, um, you know, been living here my whole life. That would be 47 years of life here in the Adirondack Park. Um, grew up in North Creek, New York, which is, you know, kind of central, south-central Adirondacks. And, um, you know, just just kind of like a little redneck kid here going to a small school in the Adirondack Park, as lots of the kids do in the, in the park. And um, I would say, I don't know if I've always been a Bigfoot enthusiast. I would say that I probably thought maybe they existed, but didn't give it tons of thought up until I would say probably eight years ago. I was, I'm a painter by trade, a house painter, and I was painting a house not too far from 
where I grew up over on Burns Road in North Creek. And um, this was, a, it was around this time of year, actually. It was, a, it was in October. I was finishing up the job. And during the evening, as it started to get darker, I would be, you know, wrapping things up, trying to get, trying to work as late as I could because, you know, it gets colder out. You got to get the jobs done. And towards the end of the job, I would notice that there was this noise coming from just inside the tree line. I'm up on a ladder looking into the woods and it sounded uh, to me at first, I thought it was a woodpecker and it was just making this knocking noise. It was like, you know, it sounded like a woodpecker kind of. And, um, it would repeat and repeat, and eventually I got to listening to it, and I was just like, this doesn't sound like a woodpecker. This sounds different. It's, it almost like sounded like somebody in there rattling around or something. It was loud. Um, it seemed like um, every time this would happen, there'd be no one around besides me, which was kind of strange. Um, and, you know, as, as the rest of the week would go on, similar time of night, same thing would happen from the similar area, just inside the tree line. I'd be there and I'd start hearing this noise like that. Um, just kind of like weird kind of knock wood knocking noises. I had no idea what wood knock what wood knocking was in the Bigfoot world. People say that this whole thing, I, did, I had no clue about any of that. I just knew that something was weird in the woods making this noise. And uh, anyway, I didn't give a ton of thought to that. But then I wrapped the job up and ended up, uh, yeah, I remember I was in my studio over on Burns Road that that evening uh, doing a recording session, making some uh, country music, which I like to do. And um, all of a sudden I heard this noise come over. My headphones. I thought it was. I thought it was a not an anomaly within my computer system, like maybe I had accidentally pushed a button and maybe a YouTube channel or some other other video in the back screen started making a noise. I didn't know what this noise was, so I I, uh, I pushed stop on the on the recorder on the on the timeline, and <clears throat> all the music through the sound system stopped and my headphones stopped, but I could still hear the noise. And, um, then it kind of droned away and faded away. And I just sat there with the headphones on. I'm just like, Hmm, that was really weird. And I just sat there thinking for a second and then it happened again. And I took the headphones off and then I realized that it wasn't at all coming from my headphones or my computer or anything, but it was coming from outside. And I tell people that what it sounded like was like the same type of ramping up and long droning sound of like what you would hear from a noon whistle, but it had a lot more bass to it. It didn't sound like a whistle. It sounded like an organic something, some kind of creature. It sounded like it was coming from an animal, but it was like this type of thing that lasted. And it was long, this really long call type thing. And so there I am. By myself, kind of, kind of like uh, just after dark, I would say at that time at this time of year, it was probably like around eight thirty, eight eight thirty, and listening to this noise that I'd never heard before, lifelong Adirondacker, never heard anything like it. And James, I'm telling you right now, this thing was 
panes of glass in the single panes in this old barn I was where my recording studio was at the time were vibrating. I because I got up out of my chair and I went to look kind of out the window, and as I'm like standing next to the window when this thing is making this call, I can hear the glass right in front of my face making these like pulsing, vibrating sounds coming from the panes of glass because of the the noise that this thing was making. Um, I ran in, so I, I ran back to my um, computer and um, I don't know, a little background of what some of the stuff me and Jake do. We're into video, audio, movie making uh, professionally and for ourselves, just for, just for hobby. We have a, a couple of different project studios. We have a lot of audio gear, all sorts of stuff to play with. And um, so I had a Tascam DR40 um, field recorder just sitting on my desk as it usually is. Actually, I'm looking at it right now, to be honest with you. Um, and uh, I grab it thinking, I'm just going to go run outside and record this thing. And um, <laughs> classic story, go to, hit, go to hit record and the thing, the lights wouldn't even turn on. And I emptied it out, got the batteries out, fished around for some batteries, threw them in there. Turned it on. It was on for like a second. Shut back off. I'm just panicking around. This thing is now starting to make its third call, this third howling noise. As I'm running around, scrambling, trying to find batteries, which is the oddest thing because I'm like a battery geek. I have batteries all over the place. Typically, I have um, you know re rechargeable batteries laying all over the place. Usually, as I'm looking at right now, Jake, am I looking at a lot of There's batteries? There's six on the desk right here <laughs> yeah. in front. So I always have batteries. For some strange reason, I can't find any. I ended up finding one of my DVD player remotes and slapping the batteries out of that and slapping them in there. And they had just enough juice. I ran outside and had the recorder going. I didn't catch one of those long, drawn-out howls. Um, but I sat there for a while. I didn't make it. It was, it was silent. It was dark. It was still. Completely silent. And I'm just sitting there. My heart is beating. I can feel my heart and my pulse just like I'm trying not to breathe loud. I'm trying to just be still with this recorder pointed out towards the woods. And um, then shortly after, you know, I was out there probably for maybe a minute or two, three minutes. Um, this noise did, which I did record and I do have it. Um, it sounded like a gorilla. It sounded like a mountain gorilla coming from up on the up on the knoll, which you can see in the daytime, you can see the top of the knoll from where we were, which my guesstimation is about is about, you know, being an avid golfer, I would say it's about five hundred yards away. Maybe maybe seven hundred at the most. Um and it sounded like this, James. <laughs> And it didn't sound like an owl, okay? It wasn't an owl that I heard. I know a barred owls sound like. This thing made this, it sounded like a gorilla. And that noise that it made like that, the audio, I only had, I didn't have an external microphone hooked up to my field recorder. I just had the internal mics. And I didn't have, I didn't have it set high enough to get the, to get a real good you know, interpretation of the noise, but, um, 
when I was standing there in person, I mean, you could just feel this in my chest. Like this was like the, the, these three hoots and two hoots that it was doing were just like, I could just feel it right in my chest. Like this thing was big, really, really big, whatever this thing was. And I did that and I'm just sitting there and I want to run back inside and I'm not, I'm just sitting there with my, with my, uh, with my, with my recorder in my hand hoping to get another noise and it just isn't it nothing's happening it did the thing it did, it did like the the hoot thing probably like two or three times and then nothing and um so i just sat there and sat there and i was like okay i guess that's it and i ran inside locked the door behind me and started to research online um all these different sounds the, the, the like bigfoot was not on my mind in the least bit so i looked up all these different sounds from the uh you know north american uh wildlife everything that i could possibly think of moose uh i mean wolves everything anything box i mean just all sorts of noises and i'm just on the computer for like hours into the into the evening it's like you know it's getting like two o'clock three o'clock in the morning i'm still on the computer just trying to look up all these sounds going through all these youtube things these wild wildlife um, preserve channels stuff of the dc all sorts of stuff i can't find anything that sounds at all like it <laughs> and then this is this is a tr absolute true story then i go well you know maybe i'll just look up what bigfoot sounds like after searching the internet for hours and i do and i'm not kidding you the very first video on youtube with a bigfoot call sound on it sounded exactly to me exactly what it was i i can't find that video on youtube anymore i've looked all over the place i can't find it the closest thing i can find to it is some kind of is some kind of noise somebody put up called the Ohio Howl or something. It's close. It sounds kind of like it, but it's it's the the one that I heard the first time that I pulled up on YouTube. It sounded just like it. And I'm sitting there by myself, no one no one to you know uh, share this experience with. I'm just my mind is blown. I have goosebumps. I'm like I'm excited but more scared and just I'm I'm freaked out. And um. I'm like, this is, this is unreal. What the heck is going on? And um, anyway, make a long story just short, I'll wrap it up. I did some more research into the Bigfoot. From, from then, I started researching some Bigfoot stuff and came across the, the tree knock thing, found out that that's one of the things that they're supposed to do. And that's when it made sense to me that just earlier than that, er, earlier on, I was hearing those tree knocks right down the road from there. And there's nothing in the in the way of where I heard that noise coming from and that job site. There's no roads or anything. It's all wilderness and swamp. Um, and so I was putting two and two together. I'm thinking, okay, well maybe that was maybe for some reason that was a bigfoot in the woods knocking on the tree. I don't know. I don't know. Ever since then, ever since that moment, I've been um, I would say a believer in it, in it big time. Um, and uh, that was what really got me interested more than anything that's what got me going and kind of like okay i need to find some more answers that very experience yeah i mean that's a that's a good amount of different you know different things that happen and i find too from when i when i speak with people who've had their different encounters in my mind i mean seeing it obviously would probably be the ultimate but at the same time 
when you hear things but you don't see it it almost has like a, another creepier element to it and another bizarre element because you didn't get to see it which therefore kind of makes you dig even deeper down the rabbit hole in the sense of like what in the world was that because you only have so to, one sense to go off of as you as you do your research and then the rabbit hole gets deeper and deeper makes perfect sense though and it's fascinating stuff especially when you were at your studio and it was so big and powerful that the glass was shaking. Wild it was, stuff. Oh, it was one of those experiences that, you know, you go back and think about it and it's just right there at the same, the same thing every time. And, um, you know, you, you instantly are reliving it. Let me just tell you a follow-up to that. Sure. Um, I was, uh, so, so after that happened, um, I started to, after work, I would go, I would get home and I would set up, I would set up my external microphones and, and get some, some real, real stuff happening out there with the, uh, you know, all, all my field of re audio recording equipment on the, on the porch. So I can really actually get some good recording going on there in hopes to get some of this stuff happening. And I did that off and on for about two weeks um, without any luck, nothing came, but one night it was, and this was the last night I did this. It was about a week and a half later, I guess, is what it was, um, of, of going out and setting up the recorder. I'm out there. It just gets dark. I got the recorder going, and I'm just sitting there. It's all quiet, totally quiet. And um, this smell wafts up onto the porch. It, it, it just caught my attention, grabbed my full attention instantly. And it was just like this, I don't know, it was a strange smell. It was not a very pleasant smell. It just wafted up on the porch and then it was gone instantly. It was like I smelled it for a half a second and then it was it. And I was just like sitting there thinking, hmm, that was weird. And then shortly after, I'd say within within a minute probably, I, sm I had to get another whiff of it. Hmm. And it was stronger, and it scared me. The the smell I've never been scared by a smell before, but this was the sense of whatever it was. It was a scary smell. It like it, I don't know if it's like this primal pheromone thing or whatever it was that was putting off whatever it was. It scared me pretty bad. I grabbed my gear really quickly and ran inside and locked the door, and I was just there by myself, just sitting there kind of like, okay, well, what the heck's going on? It smelled to me like, um, like just rotten garbage, like really bad, rotten, awful, putrid garbage mixed with like, um, just really bad man BO. Like if you could picture somebody that just has been, you know, not taking care of themselves for way too long. Sounds um, like an was, awful smell from your description. It was, it was, <laughs> It was weird. It was, that's the best way I can describe it. I mean, I can, I can still picture the pungency of it, that that's the best way I can describe it, but that doesn't even put justice to what it actually was. It was definitely weird. It had this just strange smell. All the hair went up on my arms instantly. And I just, I mean, like I said, I, I it, it frightened me and I ran inside and that was the last of sitting on the porch trying to get recordings. Okay. So you didn't go back out after that smell. You didn't just go back out the next night. That was that was the end of it. That was the end of it for me. All right, life in North Creeks. What's going on down there in North Creek? I love it, Jake. Let's hear from you, brother. Take us a little bit about your background and how did you get into this whole fascinating subject of 
Bigfoot. Jeez Louise, I was dragged in by this guy right here, but uh, okay. uh, I was, uh, uh, you know, I was, I'm born and bred here as well, up here in the uh, ADK. Uh, like, well, jeez, uh, Adam, jeez, you, you were actually born in Lockport, right? I'm not a native like you, but uh, I was yeah. when I was one year old. One year old, all, all these up fronts. Um, <laughs> I was I was born in <laughs> I was born in Glensfalls, like a lot of us, down at the hospital, and uh, grew up in Dogtown, Baker's Mills, which is another hamlet in uh, kind of Johnsburg, like North Creek. And uh, you know, we we both went to school at Johnsburg. I went to school with Adam's uh, older brother, but in my senior years of high school, uh, we were both in pop singers and media, so. Uh, um, We've always been into creating stuff, you know, like Adam said. So we were no stranger to uh, a microphone or a video camera. And, uh, geez, I don't know if it was Bigfoot at first. I think it was maybe the paranormal that kind of got us looking around out here. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, just because of all, of all of the strange, unidentified lights and things in the sky that uh, many locals... Uh, report around here so then i think maybe it was uh yeah the paranormal kind of drew us in and and bigfoot and he's been kind of hand in hand since then okay well let's uh, uh don't leave us in the don't leave us in the dark let's go right to that so what so you mentioned you know all the the lights in the sky that the locals all talk about hit us Tell us more about that. I, I mean, I live in Lake Placid. I don't hear much about that subject, but life's different down in North Creek. What What oh, are you talking man. about? And like, tell us some of those stories. Sounds awesome. I'm so intrigued. I don't. Uh, I don't know if we have long enough, James. For oh, sure. Sure. It was back in the year 1998, um, coming from Lake Placid to North Creek. Adam and I, at the time, we both. We're working for Bozzy's Pizzeria. Of course, sure. Well, Bozzy, so they they were open late until uh, 3 o'clock, and then we would clean and make dough until 4.30, and then, you know. So this was an earlier night, so I don't think we had to close, but we were on the road late driving home, and, uh, Boy, uh, I guess the short answer, we got followed by these strange lights that we could not identify. And um, um, they ended up driving themselves into the ground and then shattering into a bunch of uh, shiny kind of like sparks and disappearing like uh, those weeping willow fireworks you see on the 4th of July, right? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, there were like these... uh, these or see you know adam adam actually you know he could tell that better on the counter i was driving at the time asking him to uh check these lights out man it was wild and uh just an unidentified uh there's probably uh, another one i was watching recently the most recent is a, a light that has appeared in uh olmsteadville minerva area where i now live um uh, oddly enough, right to the left-hand side of this mountain, that is uh, a kind of a Bigfoot hotspot for us. Two other locals have had incidents, one sighting and one uh, some trail cam shenanigans, we'll say, and other other things that you can check out in our 
Blue Line Bigfoot's first uh, season. I think there are a couple witnesses there. But, sure. mm-hmm. but anyway, this this strange light was appearing, and um, I, I'd never seen the light before. Um, I'm 51, and, you know, like Adam said, we, we've been around here. We've seen, we've heard a lot of, you know, a lot of stuff already. But this was something weird, this light, and I walked around. I walked around the pine tree to get a better look at it. It was up by Snyder, and uh, the light disappeared or just, like, went out. But it was brighter than a planet, like, you know, and it wasn't moving like a plane or anything. But uh, fast forward a couple weeks, I told my better half about it. And um, it was just after, uh, you know, early in the morning. I was just coming out of the shower, and and, uh, I was, you know, getting the coffee going in the morning. I looked to the right, and in, in, in the daytime, here's that, that shiny light, you know, bright, pulsating, looking, you know, just way out of place. Like, uh, geez, I don't know how to, how to describe it. And uh, um, uh, the missus was on the front step uh, having a cigarette, and I was right about to run over and tell her, that's the light, that's the light. And, uh, of course, uh, the light disappeared again, broad daylight, but I was watching it you know, uh, as it went out, I think before when I walked around the pine tree, uh, it had disappeared. I didn't see it disappear, you know? So, uh, this time I was staring right at it and it kind of, it looked like it got sucked down a drain into Mm -hmm. a pinhole or something like that. Um, the, 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 okay. Jump into the winter of 2017 real quick. I was on my way to Adams from Olmsteadville to, uh, his his place there on Burns Road, he was actually getting a kerosene heater hooked up out at the uh, studio. And another friend of ours, Lou, who's a retired uh, plumber, like, you know, he, he knew how to hook up kerosene lines and stuff like that. So he was over helping Adam out. I was just coming over to meet him and uh, hang out. So it was uh, wintertime, uh, only like quarter after seven, but still already dark, you know, and... Um, this huge light in the sky looked like a full moon, but it was about a third of the size of the full moon. And the moon was in a different part of the sky, you know, or, you know, it was different. It was, it was, it was weird. It was not right. And it was, it looked like half a mile away from Adam's house as, you know, a crow flies looking down and I'm driving right toward this thing. And, um, and as I'm getting closer within within the last few tenths of a mile, this other light drops out of the big light and starts uh, heading up to up the hill toward Adam's house and toward the property. And as I'm coming up the last hundred yards of the driveway, I'm watching this light underneath the light. It looks like a, a batteries not included little squash can with a light coming out the bottom. I thought it uh, I thought it might have been like. Adam and Lou flying a drone or something, and I had just seen it, you know, or I didn't see it until after it, you know. So, uh, you know, like a ninny, I'm waving up at this light, thinking it's, I'm like, oh, it's just Adam and Lou has a drone out. Uh, maybe he got a light hooked on to the bottom of it, and I'm just making, you know, there's got to be a reasonable explanation. For this. Trying to debunk it and not think I'm going crazy. But uh, I got up to the driveway, and the light was gone. And I pulled in, I went in the barn, and, and I asked those guys if they had seen that the, this weird light that's out in the sky. And our friend Louie's like, oh, you saw that too? That's still out there? I saw that on the way down from uh, North River, you know? Like like I said, uh, 
So we all went back outside and looked up at this white just ball orb in the sky, uh, you know, for, you know, I don't know, like a couple, five minutes in yeah. the cold and, and, and walked back in. We checked in, you know, half an hour later, it wasn't there, but, you know, at the time, yes, it wasn't. I guess we're not big cell phone people at the time, so it's not like we just whipped out a camera or even thought to do it. Um, we we know a lot of uh, people who have come to us since uh, we've started the BLB um, with with encounter and or a lot of UFO stories, more more UFO than mm-hmm. and corroborated UFO stories. Like well, with with him and his wife, we'll say they left their house and drove down the road to the field to get a better look at it and watched it for like 45 minutes. And two weeks later, his neighbor mentioned that he thought someone had left a Christmas tree on in his backyard at like two in the morning and then looked out and there was uh, a round ball with multicolored lights spinning around the middle of it, like floating, uh, you know, a few hundred feet above, but lighting the whole backyard up like a, like a Christmas tree, he said. But uh, shining, sparkling lights in it, it, you know, freaked him out. Sure. Yeah, I've, I've actually heard of a number of stories about from different people about orbs, uh, you know, floating lights. Yeah, here in the woods, you know, mostly here in the high peaks. But yeah, that's oh man, that's just some crazy wild stuff. And I love I love hearing the hearing those stories are so fascinating. I find the unknown and the the weird to be super interesting. Now tell me real quick about your, so your drive uh, that night from Lake Placid after you closed up shop at Bozzy's Pizza, and then went. We're driving home, and the you said the the light was like following you. Was this like an orb, uh, like in, in line with the car, or was it something up in the sky? Well, the thing about it is, so I'm in the passenger seat. Jake's driving. Mm-hmm. Jake says, "Adam, can you just see if there's somebody behind us?" And my answer was very quick. I said, yes. I looked in the side view mirror. It didn't seem like anything was behind us. I said, no. We drove a little bit further, maybe for another minute or two. And then Jake looks over to me and said, Adam, can you just um, turn around and see if there's something behind us? And I said, fine, Jake. And I took off my seatbelt and kind of bent around and looked out the back of the hatchback. And the reason why I didn't see it in the side view mirror is because it was so it was such a dim light. What I was looking for is I thought that he he meant is there someone behind us? Like is there a car behind us? And it didn't look like the white lights of a car, and it was so dim it didn't really give off a lot of light enough to see it in the side view mirror. But when I looked out the hatchback and looked directly at this thing, what it was was two perfectly round orange spheres about the size of basketballs, maybe larger. Um, just maybe about anywhere between six inches and a foot and a half off the road. They were equally spaced. They stayed exactly the same space from each other the entire time as if they were connected together somehow, but there was nothing that would show that they were connected. Um, and they put off a nice soft glow onto the road where you could see the the dotted lines and you could see the cracks in the road and, and whatnot as it followed, followed us. Um, as soon as I saw this, I couldn't stop looking at it. I was just glued right to it. Um, you know the pass from, from Cascade Lakes that goes down from there down into, as you get into the bottom of the hill before you get into Keene, um, is where this all happened. It basically followed us the entire pass down through down that mountain, down through the, the, the winding roads down into Keene, 
didn't 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 quite get all the way to the bottom. But um, yeah, so it, it it just like it moved perfectly behind us, like without any errors at all. It just kind of glided exactly perfect, following us the whole entire time. And then we went around one of those rather large turns and kind of swooped down around. And this thing decided it wasn't going to make that turn, but instead. It kept a straight line, and it it just lower. It got lower and lower and lower, and just sunk right into the ground, right into the pavement. And as it did, all these orange sparks just came flying, showering off of it, um, just making this big, huge splash of this orange sparky light. And that was it. And then I just, um, I, I was like, okay, it's not there anymore. I turned around, put my seatbelt on, and um, just looked forward. And from there, all the way to North Creek is about an, uh, an hour and 10 minutes from that point to get home. Me and Jake didn't say a single thing to each other the entire ride. Uh, he drops me off at my house, and I look over at him, and it's like, what do you think that was? And he goes, I don't know. And I shut the door, and I said, I'll see you later. <laughs> and we didn't talk. I mean, we, we didn't we didn't say one thing the whole ride home. It was it was chilling. It was a sure. chilling experience. Oh, it sounds like it would be like at that point too. It's like, what do you even say? And I, I've heard, you know, you hear that from people who have, you know, Bigfoot encounters too. In fact, the person who did the, you know, my Bigfoot in the blue line episode last year was the same thing after their encounter as they got like chased out of the woods, they were dead ass silent on, on their, their drive, leaving the woods all the way home. Uh, yeah. It, what is there to even say in those situations? You're kind of in shock. You're in disbelief. You're wondering, did that happen? Did it not? But it did happen. And it's like, yeah, I can totally relate and understand that silent car ride. I'm sure it was a, a chilling experience. It obviously was. The story is quite interesting, especially as the, the lights went into the ground. Fascinating. It was, it was crazy. It was, it was crazy. And the thing is like, I've had a lot of um, strange like UFO encounters myself, most of the time, which are, I'm the only one who sees it. Or even if I'm in a group of people, I'm like the only one who catches it or whatever it is. And I've seen some stuff that's kind of like unexplainable and it makes you think, you know. And um, But to have something that's just every bit as strange and undescribable and unknown happen with somebody else right there with you to um, make sure that you're not crazy, that saw it completely exactly the same way you did, is just reassuring. Um, because once that happened, I was like, hmm, well, you know, I was pretty sure that I was not crazy when I saw this other stuff happen, but now I absolutely believe all of it because Jake was right there with me. This is exact. This is just as nuts as any of the other stuff I saw, but Jake was just happened to be there and happened to see it with me mm -hmm. this time. I really, so, I find too that you know the same kind of same kind of premise with so many Bigfoot encounters is when you have the same people saying the exact same story. It's like, well, it's hard to hard to discredit what they're saying. They were there, we weren't, and that th this is what happened. And when people know exactly what they saw and what they what what happened, in my mind at that point, that's as good of information as I need to know. And I feel, wh whether it's Bigfoots or UFOs or whatever, once you unlock the possibility and the door to, you know, this subject can happen, but they, you know, the world tells us this is not true and this doesn't, this isn't, true it doesn't happen once you unlock that door well suddenly everything is possible anything is possible i don't i don't write off anything any any weirdness that happens i say yeah that, that could 
certainly happened. The world is a wild, wild place, and we definitely don't know everything about it. So I, I find that interesting. It's really neat that uh that you guys had that, you know, that orb um, experience because there's there's so often in so many different Bigfoot stories and Bigfoot encounters, orbs tend to be seen right along with Bigfoot or oftentimes right before people have Bigfoot encounters. Now, you guys obviously have a YouTube channel called Blue Line Bigfoot. So take us through a little bit about that and about what you guys do on the channel. And then I want to get into I want to get into what your guys' thoughts are with the kind of correlation with orbs and Bigfoots. But first, take us through what your YouTube channel is and tell us a little bit about that. Well, the first reason why we wanted to get the YouTube channel together was, uh, like Jake was starting to say, we were interested in paranormal just before we decided to make it uh, almost exclusive Bigfoot thing. And and then when the Bigfoot thing kind of happened to me with the call and the noises, we just kind of went all right all into the Bigfoot Um, and started doing our own research online, as a lot of the people do that have encounters and, and experiences or just want to learn more. Where do you go? You go to the Internet. So we started looking up all sorts of different things about Bigfoot and whatnot, and uh, we decided that we were going to have a, a fun little project together, and we might as well, you know, we're videographers. We have studio project studios, and we do that type of stuff. Let's make a little show, and let's make it fun because, you know, you get into the research part of Bigfoot, and you find that there's a lot of people that are very opinionated and very serious, and there's a lot of mean people in the Bigfoot research community. And um, that's what we found. And we decided to, to, to make a lighter side of Bigfoot research. We wanted to make a YouTube channel that was not only that had a lot of serious aspects to it, but had a lot of comedy in it. It was supposed to be fun to watch. Um, still to this day, <laughs> I still laugh at the stuff we do. That's um, great. You got to keep it fun. You got to keep it fun. Yeah. So we, we wanted to we wanted to get a, a, something together so we could not only you know try to maybe find more answers, but it would give us a reason that we would have to hang out more together, just to keep you know ha- just having fun together is something. Me and Jacob have been lifelong friends. You know, he's 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 my brother, and uh, this is just another fun thing to do to do with one another, and we cre- you create something and hopefully make other people laugh and maybe find answers as you go. And, you know, and people, locals start hearing that you're doing this stuff in the Adirondack Park. And um, all of a sudden you're getting phone calls from one person and then a phone call from another person. And then, hey, did you hear about Barb right around the corner from you? She saw Bigfoot. And we're like, no way. And then what about this guy? This guy has a picture of Bigfoot. And this guy has footprints of Bigfoot. And this guy right around the corner from where you grew up saw Bigfoot cross the road just two weeks ago. And. All this stuff comes once once people know that you're into it and, and they that they understand that you're not gonna laugh at them. Mm-hmm. It's a safe place to yeah. talk about it, yeah. Yeah, they just all of a sudden come out of the woodwork and start telling you what's going on. And we've been lucky and fortunate enough to have these people uh wanna be on our channel. Um we had one of the one of the eyewitness uh, videos we did with a friend of ours, Barb Hotes, was pretty crazy. She saw Bigfoot right in her backyard. Uh, a lot of a lot of people laughed at her. A lot of the locals laughed at her, and and still continue to laugh at her. But it's not um, it's it's not. I don't think it's very funny. She doesn't think it's very funny. Mm-hmm. She's a she's dead sober lady. She doesn't do any drugs or alcohol. She's completely got her act together. She's just she's a great person. 
And, and she and she won't use her property anymore. She can't. Yeah, know? she used to use. She has all these nature trails behind her house that she used to use. <laughs> and now she doesn't. She's too afraid to go in there and, and actually, you know, sure. venture on it. See, I mean, right there, like to me, you know, to me, that is enough information to know this woman saw something that was so alarming to her that she will no longer go into the woods on her own property, no less. You can't really say, oh, she made something. She's making that up. She didn't she didn't see something. Well, if she saw enough to no longer use her own property and what you're saying, you know, of, of her. As a person, I mean, there's that's enough information in my mind to know she knows what she saw and she saw something and something is out there that they tell us is not out there. Uh, just another just another example of how I find this subject to be. I feel like at this point it's so easy to show how honest and truthful the subject is. And someone like Barb, like she didn't ask to see this. She didn't request or hope to have this encounter. I'm sure if you were to ask her, she would love to have gone, be able to go back in time and, you know, go out for dinner that night and not be home to, to experience that, um, given that how it's clearly affected her life. Yep. 100%. And, and uh, one of the things when we got into it, this is after I had had my, the, the smell that I smelled, my mm-hmm. scent encounter. So I was really interested in finding out that part of it. So I did ask her during that. I was like, did you smell anything when you were out here? And this is like, I didn't really have a lot to go by as far as research goes, um, besides my own experience. I wasn't like just taking this information from what other people said. I was kind of going with my own experience. Um, Did you smell anything, Barb? And she said, yes, it smelled like rotten garbage. It smelled like really rotten garbage. I was like, well, there I was, you go. I was like, holy cow. It was nuts. I was like, whoa, that's exactly what I smelled. Sure. Um, it was just crazy. And this is, you know, this, this is years ago when we did this. So, but yeah, you hear that stuff all the time now. There's a, I mean, the topic's kind of blowing up and everything. Mm-hmm. But, and this is still, this, this, uh, that story was down in that North Creek area where you guys live. Yeah, we live yeah. right here. I mean, this is all in the ADK down here. And, uh, it's like, you know, the, the 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 wilderness area is anywhere from North Creek, Baker's Mills, Johnsburg area, all the way up over into, like, Hoffman, over near Scroon Lake, if anybody knows where these areas are, mm-hmm. Newcomb. Yep. They basically border the bottom area of the High Peaks wilderness. So sure. it's basically where we're at. We're kind of in the more in the foothills, you know, Gore Mountain, if anybody knows Gore Mountain. Oh, yeah. Um, and so... So that's, that's where we are. And a lot of the stuff, we have the hotspot areas, which are over in between, like, Gore Mountain and Scroon Lake is a really good way to look at it as the crow flies. If you take a line from Gore right to Scroon Lake, you're a little bit over halfway. Boom. Right in there is a paranormal hotspot. UFOs. Okay. Interesting. UFOs happen all the time. People see orbs up on Snyder Mountain all the time. Noises are reported. Eyewitnesses. Stuff that happens on trail cams. Little people, James. Little people. Yeah, rock. sure. As I um, as I said before, nothing is out of the equation for being out there, and I've heard stories of little people as well. Uh, not here in the park, but uh, fascinating that you have. Um, I've heard them from other on other podcasts, but uh, yeah, I, I I nothing nothing is out of the realm of possibilities in my mind. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, like this, like I was saying, there's this area. Um that we research in that has uh there's just a lot of strange things happen in one area and, and 
it always makes us wonder is like is is what they say the veil is the veil thinner in this area is it is it are there more energies kind of slipping in and out of different planes or different dimensions in this one area for some reason it's who knows we don't know but there's way more activity in this one area than there is here that, that stuff doesn't happen often like that sure over here in the north creek area yeah a lot of people i talk to about you know i talked about bigfoot here in the adk we all joke that the reason like if i was a bigfoot i wouldn't be in the high peaks i'd be outside of the high peaks because it's a lot easier life and it's a lot more remote actually than within the high peaks wilderness so it's not surprising that that tends to be the hot spot for these sorts of things and i'm really actually pretty stoked to hear that when you guys started doing this more and more people started coming forward to you and telling their stories and telling their encounters because you know as someone who does this podcast i have found it is hard to find people they're pretty tight-lipped at least up in up where i am or the people i've spoken to just won't no one will no one will talk about it but uh, and I I even remember I remember maybe like this was probably like five or six years ago I was just so fascinated by you know, this whole subject especially here in the park from hearing you know hearing a story and then I put one of those you know one of those ads where you like you put the, you put the email address on the bottom and you put a whole bunch of them and you just kind of put little rips in it so someone can just rip it off so they have the email address and I put this put these flyers up at the local Stewarts in Saranac Lake. And, and, and both of them in Lake Placid about like, have you experienced anything weird in the Adirondack woods, Bigfoot, UFOs, et cetera? Shoot me an email. I'd love to just talk with you. And, uh, I put that up hoping like, oh, this could be cool. This will like, you know, stir some fun conversation and just like chat with people about these weird things that happen. And I kid you not the, the very next day they were taken down off of Stewart's, uh, bullet, you know, it's like the local bulletin board that you can, that they have at Stewart's and clearly yeah. the employees took them down or someone took them down because I don't know, I, I didn't mean anything, you know, joking with it. I was, I'm dead, I was dead serious, but, uh, you know, people are tight lipped about this sort of thing. So it's pretty maybe, neat to hear maybe, that. Uh, sorry to interrupt. Maybe it's a Stewart's thing. They did the same thing two hours. Oh, and good to know. Like, good to know. Thing. Yeah. I remember. I know exactly what it looked like. Jake had a yeah. picture of like the Bigfoot. Yeah, he drew it by hand, and we we had, we did the same thing. We had the same experience. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, maybe it is a Stewart's thing. Man, their milkshakes <laughs> are good, but their Bigfoot policy has got to change. It's got to change. Right. I don't think we're changing. But I, I, you know, if I wasn't lactose in time, boy, I'd have a milkshake. Sure. So, uh, so you guys have, you know, you've obviously heard from, a, you know, various people here in the Adirondacks who have had Bigfoot encounters. Is, the, you know, you guys talk about this and you have interviews with people on your YouTube channel. Is there one story in particular you mind telling that you could, that comes to the top of your head that's, you know, kind of an interesting Bigfoot story? I know you kind of went into the, the, the woman Barb story a little bit. She saw it in her backyard. Are there any other stories you want to share with the, the listeners here? Well, one one story that is not on our channel that we've been waiting to get film of and actually make a make a recording an episode happened over in that area we were talking about in our so-called hotspot area. Um, a friend of ours lives over there, way back in the middle of nowhere. There's hardly anything back there. When the power goes out back there, it doesn't come back on for like a week. Um, anyway, he. Uh, Randomly after golfing one day, he said, why don't you come inside? I have some pictures in here on my, on my laptop. I want you to take a look at. And, uh, there was a, there was a, there was a wolf in the area that they were worried about. Um, because they had a big, they had a little 
baby dog at the time, a little puppy. And they didn't, they wanted to make sure that nothing was going to happen to the puppy. So he went out in a couple different locations, set up some trail cameras. Um, and this one trail camera was off facing out into the middle of this field. Pretty big field. I'd say it's probably like a, I don't know, not huge, eight acres worth of mowed grass. Um, and then at the, and then at, it, it, there's the tree line and all of a sudden green mountains are dead. It's big, big, beautiful mountain. And um, so, so the, the trail cam is kind of more towards the road facing out towards the fields. And you look on the picture and there's five lights in a, in a row, in a line, horizontal line, evenly spaced apart. And you look at it, it's way out in the distance. It's way out in the, at the edge of the fields. And then the next picture, boom, it's right up next to the camera. I don't know how close to the camera it is, but it's, it's way closer. And you can obviously see these things are the same exact distance apart. And it's, this thing is big by comparison. Um, it looked to be, I haven't seen the picture in a while, but it looked to be um, probably about like 70 feet wide from one light to the other light, at least that wide uh, with, with more lights in the middle, all ev evenly spaced that just showed up on his trail camera um, out in the middle of nowhere. And um, this guy was, he's like, what do you think of this? You know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of like, you know, I'm spooked by this stuff. And we were talking to him. We're like, okay, you know, I don't know. And I start telling him, you know, some of my UFO encounter stories. He's talking to us about, you know, that we're doing the Bigfoot thing. And then he gets on to telling us that um, he took his little, bit, his, his little puppy, he would take it for exercise walks after work and sometimes put her in the car and, and drive up the road or back up the other side of uh, Minerva Hill onto the railroad tracks and walk up in there because it's nice and peaceful, nothing going on in there, no cars that could hit her. And um, so he's walking along. Maybe he got about a quarter mile off the road with the little dog down the railroad tracks and out of nowhere something pushes a tree just it's totally quiet he said the dog stopped and wouldn't move and then this tree comes crashing down out of nowhere off the side bank and lands in front of them over across the railroad tracks and they sit there and the dog won't move and james is freaked out but james is a very practical guy he doesn't think that he's like okay that's just you know Weird. trees fall Mm -hmm. So they sit there for a little while. They step over the log, right? And they continue to walk. And it's not more than three minutes longer. The dog doesn't move again, and it happens again, right immediately after. Wow. Another big tree, probably bigger than the first one, comes crashing down and slams over the railroad tracks. And James was like, the guy's name is James, too. Maybe I shouldn't be saying that. I, I, I was trying not to, and then we get in there. Anyway, his name's James. I can give you a social security number. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so he picks up the dog and doesn't walk her back, picks up the little dog, who's a big dog now, and um, just kind of tails it out, beats feet, boom, back to the truck and gets out of there. Um, and so, and the way he tells the story, I mean, he was, you know, his eyes are like huge. Like he's there, he's telling you the story, and you're like, you know that he's not making this up, and that to me was just uh, just another one of the uh, many crazy and scary 
things that we think are probably Bigfoot uh, sure. here. There's lots of them, though. I mean, there's lots of None of them, besides Barb, Barb had the eyewitness account. Mm. And then there's another gentleman that's, that lives over here next to Squatch, what we call Squatch Country, which is a, a big parcel of land in between two roads. There's nothing in, in the middle. It's just all wilderness. Mm-hmm. And we have a camp up there, just the primitive camp. There's no buildings or anything, but we have a campground up there we made on my land. And um, this guy saw Bigfoot cross the road on the other the road that borders that piece of property just early in the morning. It was a little bit later than this in the year. And he's a hunter. He's a deer hunter. So every morning that he doesn't have to work or before work, he goes out and he kind of just like kind of takes a nice crisp fall morning walk down the road looking for sign, just kind of checking things out in the woods, seeing if there's any deer around. He was doing that. Then he heard this like loud dong, metallic boom, and he's like, oh, it's probably just the guardrail heating up in the morning as they do sometimes. They make pops and some strange noises with the heat, cooling and, and warming, whatnot. But then he just kind of walked the corner just a little bit, and he saw the last bit of it. What what, a, what he thinks it was is this thing kind of like hitting its foot on the guardrail or something. But he said he saw the last two strides of it as it finished crossing the road. Um, he said it was probably seven, a little over seven feet tall. He said the shoulders were probably like it, as it turned a little bit toward him. He said the shoulders are really, really broad. And just the thickness of the profile of this thing, he said, was really girthy from side to side, like it's, from its stomach or its chest to its back was really thick. He said the thing was massive. It must have weighed a ton. It was really big, um, totally covered with hair, really dark hair. He didn't know if it was black or dark brown. It was too far away for him to tell. And um, it left one impression in the in the shoulder stone before it took the last stride off the road and he said look it's right here i actually got a picture of it on my phone and then he showed me the footprint and then he described to me where he saw it and he in detail and i'm from this area i mean i know this place really well where he's talking about i mean it's right on the other side of my property so i'm like okay cool i'm gonna go look for it right now and but there had been a there had been a rainstorm like the day before so it wasn't um you know as fresh it was like it was like two days or three days Mm -hmm. Um, and so I went to the spot and I found the track. It was in, it was, it was a big track. It was like 13 inches long, um, 13, 14 inches long. And it was, a a nice foot impression in the side of the, inside of the shoulder stone deep. And you could tell it got, you know, it got rained down and everything, but it was a footprint just like you said it was. Um, and I tried stomping around in that area to see if I could make a footprint in that area. And I couldn't. I couldn't even hardly do anything. I couldn't even hardly make my boot go into the into the shoulder stone there hardly at all, um, which was just, I don't know. Yeah, that, that was wild. A, yeah, and he's been a believer ever since then. Now he has, like, some cart, you know, plywood cutouts, a Bigfoot out next to his house. Every sure. time I run into him, he, he asks me, have you guys seen anything? How's it going? It's changed his life. It completely changed his life. Yeah. Yeah. I would start there if you if you're ever looking for Bigfoot, mm-hmm. people might have had a sighting. Says the you know, a couple of the people. It's not uncommon to get those big cutouts. Like that might be the clue. 
Yeah. Yeah. Good. Maybe point. you're not just a fan. You're you you're you're an experiencer or someone who who yeah. knows. And once you see or hear something, you don't you don't have to be told by anyone else. You know, it does. It's nice to have someone else there with you. Take sure. the pressure off. But you know, I yeah, I don't have to be told, um, or I don't I don't need to, I guess, uh, validate it more. Mm-hmm. Or seek someone else's approval. You know, I already know what what time it is. <laughs> no, that's great, and yeah, that's a very very good point. Those are some awesome stories. Uh, as just a fan of the subject and this park, uh, I was uh, fascinated hearing them. So, real quick, as we start to close it up, because uh, we've been talking about an hour now, so we got to wrap this up. I'm gonna have to have you guys back on again for next year's October sessions because I'm sure in the next year you'll have a ton more stories to tell. This has been awesome. So in closing, real quick, uh Bigfoot, do you feel that this is a flesh and blood creature? Do you think it's more paranormal? Do you think it's more maybe alien related, maybe a mix? There's a lot of theories out there. You guys have experienced your own, you know, things with the orbs, UFOs, Bigfoot. What are both of your opinions on what Bigfoot is? And obviously there's no wrong answer. We don't actually know, but what are your opinions? Right. Well, geez, I think uh <clears throat> while while we still find creatures on earth that we didn't know were there and still find new species. I don't think, <clears throat> I think, uh, there's too much information and too many sightings around for, for it to be something natural. Gotta be something, mm-hmm. it's got some kind of unknown element to it. I think maybe supernatural, maybe alien, who knows, but I think there's something, there's something we're missing. Yeah. I think orbs, whew, boy, definitely related. Sure. Uh, I am more apt to think that it is something to do with the creation of all existence and um, some kind of unknown part of why everything that's alive and and exists is here and everywhere else. I think it's just one of those things that, you know, if if we... if it was flesh and blood and it was just this thing out there, we would have this thing in a museum of stuff somewhere, a big statue, Bigfoot somewhere. Mm-hmm. And that that's just how I think. I think, well, of course we would. So there's something else to it. Definitely paranormal. Definitely has some kind of powers of some sort. <clears throat> I have no clue. Really don't know, but they're there. Or sure. else we would have in a museum. It's, just, it's not the government. It's not a government cover-up. Um, that's, how, that's what I feel about it. Yeah, no, those are all valid answers. And, uh, you know, as far as the government goes, it doesn't behoove them to tell us anything more or to say that, yes, these are out there. There, There's no benefit to it. So it's not surprising that it is it is still a subject very much kept in the dark. But that's this has been awesome. Uh, where can people find you guys online? Where can they watch your content? Uh, give a plug for all of your, your platforms. Okay, great. The platform that we try to use exclusively is the YouTube channel, Blue Line Bigfoot. Originally, it was Blue Line Bigfoot, three words. It got shrunk down to Blue Line Bigfoot, two words on YouTube. You need to get a hold of us? Email us, bluelinebigfoot at gmail.com. Well, that'll be a great place to wrap up this very fascinating episode of the October sessions right here on the 46 of 46 podcast. Bigfoot. It is a subject that just fascinates me in a major way. 
ever since I was probably in middle school, and it's something I'll always enjoy talking about. Whether you believe or not, it is an interesting subject, especially here in the Adirondacks, and the deeper you dig, the easier it is to believe. But at the same time, the deeper you dig, the more you realize, man, you know what? Maybe we just don't know anything about this world. So it is a, it is a rabbit hole, but it's fun stuff. But anyways, thanks for listening to these unique, fun, and spooky October episodes right here on the 46 of 46 podcast. Big thanks to Adam and Jake from Blue Line Bigfoot for coming on to talk about Bigfoot and UFOs. Check out their YouTube channel, Blue Line Bigfoot, and check back next week for more October fun right here on the 46 of 46 podcast. Remember to always leave no trace, do the rock walk, and if you carry it in, carry it out. See you on the trails, everybody. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.